Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author and colleague, Nancy Saxton-Lopez. And this is a broadcast that we do live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And it's on Facebook and YouTube. And then it's available on various podcast outlets as well as an audio recording. And we are bringing to you thoughts, experiences, recommendations that come from our clinical work, but also the work we did facilitating pet loss groups for mm -hmm. a very long time. Nancy for many decades, me for a little more than a decade. And we compiled our experiences from that, from that group into a book called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And this broadcast is an opportunity to bring what we learned alive in conversation with you. And so we encourage you to send us your questions, your stories, your comments. And if you do, please do let us know if it would be okay to share what you've written with us with our audience, because it's really helpful to people to hear, for people to hear what others are going through and how they're getting through their grief. You can write to me at kenddv at gmail.com. And you can write to Nancy at nsaxtonlopez, that's N-S-A-X-T-O-N-L-O-P-E-Z at C-S-M-P-C dot com. This is on the description for our for our broadcast as well. This program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society, which is in Springfield, Massachusetts. Dakin is a 501c3 community supported animal welfare organization that provides shelter and medical care and spay neuter services and behavioral rehab for more than 20,000 animals and people every year. Dakin is in interested and invested in helping with the animal companion human bond since its inception in 1969. Dakin mm -hmm. has become one of the most recognized nonprofit organizations in central Massachusetts and a national leader in animal welfare. You can learn more about Dakin and importantly, make a donation at dakinhumane.org. That's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E.org. Nancy, do you want to get us started? Yeah, I mean, we had quite a bit of correspondence we did. You know, this past we did. week, and I think that that is wonderful. We're here to, you know, take in the correspondence. Um, it takes a lot for someone to write to us, and and these stories were, you know, quite involved. Um, mm -hmm. There was, and it, you know, there was a lot of emotion attached to them and experience that they yes. were having with their the death of their animals. Um, and so we are going to share some of that tonight. And I we think Kat, you're going to start with Mike. I am. We'll start with Mike and then we're going to, we're going to read Mike's note because it just came in yesterday and we thought that it was representative of a lot of things that people are experiencing and, and rather than respond to him in a note, which we always do, I asked if we could respond live and he said that would be great somewhere. Very gracious of him. So Mike wrote to us, thank you for your podcast, which my friend turned me on to. This morning, my 13-year-old cat, Stevie, passed away. Stevie was given to my wife and I by my daughter, who insisted in 2008 she wanted a cat. My wife and I said, no, you can't have a cat. When asked why we both said, because we didn't, we said we didn't want a cat. And in a year or so, it would wind up being their cat. My daughter got the cat anyhow, and in 2009, 
They now had a cat. We we now had a cat, Mike and his wife. Stevie, first day in the house, didn't want to come out from under the bed. So Mike says he lay on his belly and scratched his neck, and then he'd leave, and then he'd do it again an hour or so later, and that's how they bonded. They bonded, and and Mike says I was definitely Stevie's human. <laughs> Make no mistake, Stevie was an indoor outdoor cat, independent as hell and a terror to most other animals he crossed paths with. He brought countless gifts into our house, everything from live bunnies, birds, snakes, mice, voles, you name it. And Mike actually sent us a video, a video of Stevie chasing a fox. And Ooh. he was actually, at the very end of that little video, he was on the fox's tail. I'm not sure how it ended, but it wasn't looking good for the fox. Quite the character, a king of cats until recently when Stevie started to have some neurological issues this past August. He was doing well until a couple of weeks ago when his appetite declined and our vet thought it might be a bad tooth. He was scheduled to go to the vet on December 2nd to have the tooth extracted. And after visiting the vet yesterday, we were informed that, I'm sorry, after visiting the vet yesterday, we told them that Stevie had not eaten anything substantial for over a week. They'd been feeding him with some cat food slurry, but he wasn't able to eat on his own. And then he had a seizure and Mike placed him on the floor and put him in the crate and was going to take him to the vet, the vet and realized that he had died. So then he writes, and this sort of gives you a window into the intensity of his feeling. So here's how today's been. I woke up around seven. Stevie died around eight. We buried him under some beautiful pine trees in our yard around nine and ordered a memorial plaque by 11. I'm devastated, much more so than my wife, who, couldn't, who could never get near enough to Stevie ever to even pet him. I'm grieving, of course, and I know we all handle grief in our own way. My wife has our grandson here today. That's our normal routine, but it's not like I can even focus and pay a lot of attention to him. Not sure how long I'll feel this way, but need to talk about it to someone. We have two older, small dogs, and both of them are quite elderly. One is 16 and one is 18. So he knows he's going to go through this oh, again yeah. soon, looking for advice you might give on podcasts that may help. Thanks so much. So that's from Mike. And, and Nancy, I'll ask you to just start. Like, well, what are some there, of your thoughts? There's a couple things there, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, first of all, you know how many parents, no matter how old their children are, are really hesitant to get an animal because mm -hmm. they feel that they will have to take care of the animal, right? I mean, we hear and that that's all what time. happens, and that's what happens, right? And <laughs> And especially sometimes moms, you know, I'm the one that's going to be taking the dog out. I'm the one that's going to be, you know, changing mm -hmm. the litter. You know? And in this case, which is not untypical, that once that animal is there is either moms or dads or both. And what happened with Mike is he became Stevie's human. Yeah, was, he was very special, right? He was very yeah. he was the one who he tamed Stevie, <laughs> or Stevie yeah, tamed him. I, I mean, don't know which. <laughs> he spent all that time trying to coax him mm -hmm. and give get him out of under the bed, and he's just really spent amazing amount of love and energy and time, and that cat responded. Yep. 
Yep. Now, so that's one of those issues. Um, he also was a very active cat, right? He was a, he was, like he said, the king of cats. He was a wild man. <laughs> yes, he was a wild man. And he would be out there and having a great time and in and out of the house. But all of a sudden, it wasn't that long that he was ill. Yeah. I mean, so you're talking August. He was okay until a week or so ago, a couple of weeks ago. I think I think yeah, that no was, yeah. and and he died. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think that Mike. They didn't say anything about having a necropsy, but he had a seizure, right? Um, and he died. And how sudden would that be, especially for Mike? I mean, obviously his wife loved Stevie too, but. Did not have the same relationship. Right. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get close to him. So Stevie, right. she loves Stevie at a distance. It sounds like. Right. And they but have two other. You know, I, of course he's devastated, and it was yep. so sudden. And yep. how could he concentrate on anything? Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, the thing that strikes me is, first of all, it's important for Mike to just normal to just recognize that the way he's feeling is normal. That that extraordinary pain and that that agony of emotion is 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 absolutely normal. And you know, many times as we've talked about, people will be astounded by how, how much it hurts because they've had many other losses probably in their lives that have been very significant relationships. And then they lose a pet and it's incapacitating. But you think of how special Stevie was to Mike and how the, the, the uniqueness of the relationship was really intense because yeah. he, it sounds like Mike was the only one who had a real close connection with Stevie in the household. And, and so also that makes Stevie it, with him, right? Stevie yeah, with him. Yeah. Too. I mean, they, they that's were really bonded. special. That's really special. So the, the, he's looking for some advice and I'm thinking, Take care of yourself, honor your feelings, listen to people who, or, or, or ask people to listen to you who, you know, love and respect you and will be respectful of what this feels like to you. Take care of yourself in all the basic ways that we always encourage people do so, to do. So that means make sure that you're eating well, that you're getting enough rest. Even if you can't sleep, get in the bed and, and try to relax because sometimes sleep is pretty disturbed by, by the, the grief that you're experiencing. Try to make sure that you eat well, do some exercise, whatever your exercise routine is, try not to let it slip. All those kinds of things are the, the, the kinds of advice that, that I would give to Mike. And, and on top of everything else, just allow yourself to feel preoccupied, disorganized, very, very sad. All the, all the different feelings of, of grief and don't judge yourself no. in any way. Like don't say to yourself, I should be over this by now, or why is this feeling so bad or any of those things, just allow for it. And it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. This was a perfect example of that human animal bond. Yeah. Because oh, they were right. so connected and yeah. that cat was lived with them and was was there every day. And I, I can just imagine Mike sitting on the porch or whatever, waiting for the next gift 
yeah. you know, that Stevie was going to bring them, right? The video, because the video. Gifts, right? The video was and that how, and how proud he was of how independent he was, and he was the king of cats. And yep. so it, this was one of those situations where he grieved so much the relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not just a cat. It was the relationship the two of them had. Yeah, and it, 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 you know, again, there's this, we can have a lot of pets in our lives and some of them will be those special ones. I call them familiar. You call them heart dogs or heart cats. They just somehow touch us in a way that is deeper and more meaningful than all the others. Not to discount the others because we love them too, but that these ones are just, who knows why, but they're just really, really special. And I do think, and, and you pointed this out, when we were chatting before we, we we began to record that he's he and his wife are looking toward this in the not too distant future probably because they have a 16 and an 18 year old dog so they're at that stage in the life of their human animal family where there's a lot of transitioning about to happen and 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 i would imagine that they thought they would have stevie well beyond the loss of these other animal companions because of their age differences but you can't there's no accounting for fate right no and and there is a hyper i can't imagine that there's not a hyper vigilance around the other two yeah you know once one is lost then it's there's panic almost you know you watch the other two are you okay Mm -hmm. you know you know that it's the first thing you think about in the morning and all day and the last thing you think about at night and are they oh the anxiety gets really really high you know yeah. they may wake up at night and say are you still are you still breathing you know because i remember doing that you know oh absolutely so, absolutely I, with abigail with my little abigail I, know. I, made, I made her promise that she could <laughs> she, not that she'd stay with us for another two years and she made it a month and a half or so but I don't hold that against her. No, of <laughs> but, I mean that's the thing. I'm holding my little. We don't dog, have any control, right? Trying, we have to, no trying to bargain with fate, you know. <laughs> uh, one other thing I wanted to just say to Mike because it, it's evident that he wrote to he wrote to us, and we've we've exchanged a couple times. You and I have exchanged notes with him, and one of the things he put in his note was that writing these notes helped. Yeah. So anything that you do that you recognize is helpful, do more of it. So journal about this, maybe put together a scrapbook, write a story about right. Stevie's life, whatever, whatever Use helps, it. whatever you, in, you experience is helpful, do more of that. And so that's something that might be good for Mike and many other people as well. And I think, and how he, how he reacted, it was interesting to me. And this, I don't know if this is more male-like or it just was his personality that he woke up, Stevie died, they buried him and they had, they got a, um, a memorial within a few hours. Yeah. Right. Because sometimes people, you need to do something, right. There's, there's this energy. So I had a cat named Diana who was one of my, I just really, really loved her dearly and she got killed by a car she was a barn cat she had to be that's why i have a fence now around the big part of our garden but i was i was out of control crying i called tim my husband was like crying on the phone i i brought her to the yard i dug a hole 
I buried her. I moved some flowers on top of her, all done before my husband even got home. He, he left work because he was worried about me because I was like wailing on the phone. <laughs> and, of course. and he came home and I was, I was filling in the hole. And you're right. I mean, sometimes, and for some people, you in certain circumstances, you just feel like I've got to do something. Actually, it was like, oh my gosh, it was such a such an event for me emotionally. And of course, now I always I always walk by and say hello to her. And there's perennials that are that are growing on it and on where she's buried. But yeah, I mean, sometimes you just I you, you do, have to you do have something. To do no, so something. it was pretty. It was pretty sudden. I mean, meaning very sudden. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden he he died. You know, um, yeah. he had put her him in the crate to leave, and he died. So yeah, I mean, that's going to take a period of time because there's going to be some shock and denial with that, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. How could yep. this happen? Right? Yep. Yep. So. so. Want to move to the next story, which is a very yeah. It's, now it Emily, we talked about before, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she wrote us back, and she was, um, she was somewhat upset because, in context, I guess she had started to look online, I believe, or did somebody? I don't remember now. Did somebody yeah. approach her with a little mini, a little mini dachshund, I believe it was? I, I think she started looking online, which, you know, I, I confess, I did that immediately after Abigail died. Yeah, I mean, it, I did because you need to, it's almost yeah. like a part of you, that the comfort that there's others yep. out there, right? Yep. You know? Yep. For some people, right, for some people, we do that and other people don't do that, right? So we're all different right. in that way. Yeah. And so she went and and got the, the, I think it was a puppy or a little a little mini dachshund. A little dog, mini dachshund, yeah. Right. And then what happened is she fell apart, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, I don't think I can do this. Yeah. No, I'm not and, ready. Yep. Yep. And then she brought the she brought the dog back. And the person to whom who had been fostering the dog was totally understanding about yeah, that. Of course. And 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 so she learned that she's not ready emotionally, spiritually to to do to adopt again. Now I have to say I've heard this story a few times. Yeah. So she's not alone in that. It's not an uncommon no. thing. And one of the things that I'd like to say, and I and I hope that. Emily hears this, and I know she heard it. She got this through our communication with her. That she, she, she you know, nothing bad happened here for the dog. No, he, he had a nice visit with their family, and right. he's, in, he's certainly going to be adopted by somebody else. It sounds like this is the kind of pet who would be very desirable, and so, and it's being fostered. And so, I, I just hope that she can really take it to heart that yeah, this experience for her. It's not, it's not, there's nothing, there's no harm done. No. And, and it's just one of those things where you, she learned something. And so, you know, there's always this idea that you can insert more time if you need to. And so that's what will be good for her to do. And yeah. And she realized that I think in, in the opening of her, her yep. email to us about this. And she said, you know, you know, I, I didn't give myself enough time. Now it's yep. easy. And a lot of people do. I mean, look, we've heard from the group that people got an animal the next day. Yep. 
or they never got one, right? So yeah. so it went, it goes the whole continuum. Yep. However, you know, it, it's sometimes you get caught up, people get caught up in in needing, especially if, if sometimes people don't have an animal and one's died, then they're alone, they're lonely, yeah. and to try to fill that void. What happens then is if it's an older dog or cat that dies and they get a kitten or a puppy, it's a whole different ballgame. Oh, whole different situation. Yeah. And Puppies are stressful. I can tell you that from my beloved from little your experience with Hildy. <laughs> I don't know. It keeps me on my toes. <laughs> it's a whole different thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're wonderful, but if yeah. you're if you're if you're not prepared to understand that it's not the animal or the the pace the age the you know activity level whatever it was that died right. not died. a replacement it is not a no. replacement no no and so and that really makes people upset because they're thinking oh my god first of all i betrayed the animal that, that died second of all i have this animal and I, I i i don't know how to how to handle this right and it's look, it's all done because they're just they're just missing the one that has died. I mean, there's and it's done out of love, it's done out of business. love and generosity. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so, and and there are those people who have lost an animal, and friends get them another animal, or yes. their yeah. family gets them another. Bad animal. idea, really bad idea. <laughs> and then, then there's a there now. There's not only guilt about having the animal. And trying to adjust to it, but guilt because somebody gave it to you. Yeah. Right. Am I? Yeah. And how am I going to? What am I going to say to my aunt? You know that I gave the dog back. You yeah. know. So I mean, it gets really. It can get a little emotionally complex. Yeah. So that the idea is, you, you know, if you're at all ambivalent, just try to wait a little longer. And and that, but I have to say that this is you know, again, for Emily, she's not alone in this. And yeah. it, it it's just, it's just uh, trying too soon to, to bring a new animal into your home and nobody got hurt. And I, I just keep repeating that message because I, yeah. I don't want her to feel like she did anything that caused harm because she didn't. No, I mean, look, a lot of animals are in foster. Yeah. And those yeah. animals are in so foster. many these days. Yeah. Wow, so many these days because so many people have had to give animals into the the system of care, of shelter, because of their circumstances, losing jobs or having to move or you know, not having being evicted. All this a lot in the news these days about that kind of trauma in people's lives and in pets' lives. I mean, you know, St. Hubert's where we both did the group. Mm -hmm. um, has been have moving towards more of that foster um, yep. model as a, they have the shelter, but they're there and they have a lot of animals in that shelter, but they're also moving to foster because, you know, when you get some animals that um, have been with a family or, or their owners have died or something, and then you put them in a cage yeah. when they're not used to that environment it, 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 it's very difficult for the animal. Yeah, so the movement has been more towards fostering. However, then fostering, they're going to let go. I mean, Boogie was fostered. Mm -hmm. And so he was with them, the family for a few months yeah. from February to October. And then yeah. 
know we took them. So for anyone who has this, this situation happen, like Ken says, you it's nothing wrong with this. The animal yep. was not harmed. You know, you know, the animal had had a few days with with it with an experience people. with a and, loving group of people and then went back to the another loving group of people. So actually socializing is yeah. good for, yeah. for the animals. Yeah. Um but all, so I we want her not to feel guilty about that. Yep. Yeah. You know. Although she probably does such as human nature. I know. <laughs> so I know. let's talk about the, the last situation we wanted to talk about was with a person who the very complex story, but it's actually a part of this that I'd like to highlight because we don't have much time and maybe we'll carry this over to yeah. another time. This is a, this is a very, yes, it's a very complicated and complex. But, but this is a person who, who, their pet died and they reached out, they have reached out to in the, in a, in the past, a pet died and they reached out to their EAP system and they didn't get any help that was effective. Yeah. And they, now they've lost another, they've lost a pet and they're reaching out to their EAP system and the same thing's happening right. where they're essentially, it sounds like being kind of dismissed. Well, they, if the, you don't understand, I guess I think the comment was that it's a death of a pet. It's not a death of a human. Yeah, right? which is the kind of thing that, that you would never want to hear. I mean, honestly, I, for many, many years, I was responsible for an EAP system. Right. So was for I. A major corporation, as as you yeah. were for a system of of client companies, and I I'm kind of horrified <laughs> to hear this story because grief is grief and the loss of a of a beloved pet you would i would think and i imagine you would think well, is something we, that we any therapist would be able to be empathic regarding exactly and here we're hearing these stories where so I, I was just mortified by that and the thing that it struck the chord that it struck in me is how very important it is when you begin to explore whether or not you're going to meet with a particular therapist to ask them about their experiences with working with people who've lost a much loved pet and ask them what they think about that and you know how they how they've been helpful to people in the past because the last thing you need is somebody that who doesn't is, believe it doesn't yeah register. who's kind of minimizing your loss experience well, right? it's interesting because you and I probably have both had people call and say, I found you, right, through yeah. Pet Loss Companion or, or you know, yeah. a website or whatever. And I went to a therapist, I, you know, my, my animal, my cat, my dog had died, and the therapist was not helpful. They were a bereavement therapist, but they didn't understand the connection with, 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 with just, an animal. It's just, it's just really, it, it I, it's hard for me to find the words, actually, because as a therapist, you're supposed to be able to be compassionately involved with, with any, loss. any kind I mean, of human, any kind of human issue. And, and a long time ago, and I've probably said this before, one of my mentors said that loss is the elemental human experience yeah. that we lose. We adapt to loss 
over and over and over, over again, again in our lives. From the very from the time we learn to walk, we have lost the security of always being carried. That's, That's a loss. Right. When we go to school for the first time, we've lost the the cocoon of the family and our caregivers. And you know, when a child leaves home, the family every we're always and we're always losing and adapting. Yeah. And if therapists can't understand and and provide support and validation and help a person through the process of grief, what good are they? <laughs> I mean, I actually feel that way. Well, I mean, because it really is feel surprising that, way. that we obviously not all not all therapists and not all EAPs, uh, you know, are in this in this particular situation. I no, mean, this but. Is this is a one. This is a company, I guess that that is that this woman has used and and her field, but it, you're right. I mean, it's like, but that happens all the time. I mean, you know, there, somebody might go to a, a bereavement therapist, and 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 this is bereave, This is grief, right? But when they when they if they're not an animal person, now oh, right? I mean, they're a third of the pop. The third, you know, law. Uh, uh, you know, a third of the people don't like animals. They don't connect to them they're not interested in them they you know they could live without them for sure and if and you know we all have those people we know but in the therapeutic realm i mean if they can't understand that then they they really need to to find some help the person find someone who can. yeah but and and just you know i don't want to digress too much and maybe i am but but some <laughs> therapists are are not partnered but we would hope that they are able to help a person who has lost a partner or is having conflict in a partnership or do you know what I mean? Like they, yeah. they, they, they're, we're, we're supposed to be trained to help with human, the, the, the problems of the human condition. Exactly. And, Especially in employee assistance programs, right? Yeah, because it's a yeah, general sure. program. I mean, you, anybody yeah. could have any kind of problem at, at any time. So yeah. And, and even just, I don't know. I won't go on, but I was going to say that I guess I will go on that even just coming to see a therapist is an expression of vulnerability and trust. Yes, right. And that needs to be honored in a way that is very respectful and wow. So yeah, we have, we'll we have continue some with do. this story though next week. <laughs> we'll do more. Of it. Yeah. We'll talk about, cause there's a lot, there's a lot of richness in this story yes. that, that we, we didn't get to because of my tirade about therapists. So, <laughs> so, so we're just, we, we are, we are those who, who understand the human animal bond. So, so anyway, Nancy, always a pleasure talking with you and we'll do it again next week. Next week. Take care, everyone. Right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.